He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the Earl Farrell for Memphis show. Former President Donald Trump is still a free man. <laughs> in fact, the grand jury that was supposed to meet today to hear the very last witnesses in uh, this hearing uh, was canceled. And nobody's really coming out and saying why it was canceled, uh, uh, but it was canceled by the um, district attorney that brag guy that's uh, pushed this along. Uh, there's some reports that the district attorney's office is in upheaval because so many people in the office are upset that this is uh, a ridiculous stretch of the law to even try this. I mean, what we're really talking about here is a, a state district attorney, a New York state district attorney for the district of Manhattan that is trying to enforce federal law, which they can't because it's federal law. And even if they could, the statute of limitations have run out. And uh, one of their big witnesses, Cone Guy, that was former lawyer for uh, Trump, uh, even his lawyer sent a a letter to the election commission people three years ago saying that um, the money did not come from Trump. It wasn't hush money. So anyway, I think it's uh, they, maybe they pushed it as far as they can, and uh, I guess it, something could still happen. But if it did, from everything I can gather, he could still run for president, even, even if he's under indictment. He could even run and win and serve if they find him guilty of these charges because uh, that's, that's what the law says. In the meantime, they've come out with this artificial intelligence um, video of Trump running from police being tackled by them and handcuffed. These people are absolutely amazing. Uh, the porn star, the checks, and the president, uh, path to peril, uh, inside efforts to turn arrest into martyrdom. He wants to be handcuffed. You know, it's, it's, I heard today, and I'd forgotten all about this, but it's about three years ago, Trump sued and won a libel suit against Stormy Daniels, and she had to pay him three hundred grand. Now, ain't nobody bringing that up, and so it's—I uh, don't know—I think it's they're doing everything they can to distract attention from what? What else is going on right now? Well, we got the uh, Ukraine war that's sucking billions of our money away. In the meantime, they raised the prime rate today. The Fed hikes. The rate, despite the bank turmoil, and it's uh, raised it by a quarter percentage point. Uh, in this article, it's a CNBC says that indicates the increases are near an end. <laughs> How does he draw? Did he say? Did they say that when it was raised a quarter point the last time or the time before that? At what time do they think this indicates close to the end? It says the Federal Reserve on Wednesday enacted a quarter point percentage interest rate increase, expressing caution about the recent banking crisis, indicating that hikes are nearing an end. Uh, see, I still don't say indicating. How do you indicate that? Is it a nod of the head? 
Did they give you a wink? I mean, what was, they're not spelling it out here. Along with its ninth hike since March 22, the rate-setting Federal Open Market Committee told noted the future increases are not assured. It will depend largely on incoming data. <laughs> what a crock. The committee will closely monitor incoming information and assess the implications for monetary policy. The FOMC's post-meeting statement said, the committee anticipates that some additional policy firming may be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2% over time. Who could write something like that? I mean, it's like, I mean, who would sit down and take a memo? <laughs> the uh, committee anticipates that the additional policy firming may be appropriate. Nobody talks like that. Nobody does. Why don't they just come out and tell us what the hell's going on? Uh that wondering wording is a departure from previous statements where which indicated ongoing increases would be appropriate to bring down inflation. Stocks fell during the Fed chair Jerome Powell's uh, news conference. Some took Powell's comments to mean that the central bank may be nearing the end of its rate hiking cycle, though he qualified that to say the inflation fight isn't over. So that's what I'm getting at. Where does he think, uh, who got the, the big news flash that this is nearing the end? The process of getting inflation back down to 2% is a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy, the central bank leader said. As a result, this is what's happening. And they won't come out and tell you this, but uh, I'll tell you. There are people out there paying credit card interest rates right now of over 20%. I don't know if you have credit cards, but you might want to check on them. Uh, that's one reason uh, we do business with uh, the Southern Security Federal Credit Union, their credit cards cannot, by law, go over 18%. So no matter how many points the Fed goes up on interest rates, they won't go past 18%. Uh, but you need to check and see. Um, uh, HELOCs, uh, home equity lines of credit, uh, have gone from very little percent, 1%, 2%, to like 6 to 8%. And so that's all money out of people's pockets. And then you go to the grocery store. And I mentioned this yesterday. Uh, I went the other day. Everything I bought cost five bucks. A loaf of raisin bread was five bucks. A package of potato chips was five bucks. Uh, I mean, then you get the expensive stuff like coffee and eggs. And in fact, I saw the other day with the Dollar General store is not going to carry eggs anymore because obviously <laughs> a lot more than a dollar. It's like a dollar an egg. Uh, so that is how it's impacting all the rest of us. Uh, and then I, in the meantime, I was just looking at the prices of trucks the other day. For a new Ford F-150, which I, I bought my son about a two-year-old F-150 when he was uh, got his driver's license and when he was at uh, Briarcrest. And that was in uh, gosh, the 90s sometime. And I think I paid something like uh, $15,000 for, for this Ford F-150 pickup truck. Uh, double cab, and uh, then now an F-150 uh, pickup truck, V8, gasoline, four-wheel drive, $70,000, $70,000. What could be on that truck It's worth 70000 I don't know. It's a, it's a cab with a back seat and an empty box in the back called the pickup part. But that's the price of tomatoes when it comes to pickup trucks. 
And so everybody's just going, well, uh, but then I, I keep seeing people driving new, brand new cars. So I guess, uh, I guess somebody's figured out how to justify it. I just would have a difficult time doing that. Um, I did tell you about, I had to get a new battery because the battery, my car died and I went to AutoZone and they wanted 229 for a battery for my car. And I've got a, a midsize SUV, so it doesn't take a real big battery, like a big, huge V8 gas sucker. Uh, and so, but it was still going to be 229 bucks. And, uh, Jeff Ward, who's over at Regal Auto, who put my last battery in, said take it to Ellis Battery out there on um, on Bahalia, and uh, it's uh, they put they'll put a new battery. It's a rebuilt battery, thirty eight bucks, and then you got to give them your core, which is what they call the dead battery. Uh, I took mine back because I had to take mine to uh, Regal to have them replace it, but then I took it back this morning. And they credited my credit card with 12 bucks. And so for 38 bucks, and then it turns out that the battery I had for almost five years uh, was one of theirs. So they last. I mean, that lasts, most batteries are guaranteed for four years. Big misnomer there is that they tell you it's guaranteed for four years, but they prorate the guarantee. So if it, if it craps out on you in the first year, you get like most of your money back. Uh, you get another one or towards another one. Uh, if it goes out on you at the end of the, the four year warranty, you can get like eight bucks because it's not worth as much you see. So be aware of that. But this one, uh, I think they're even guaranteed for two years, but keep that in mind because we got to find the best way to, to get through this, uh, everywhere we can, um, uh, see what else is happening. They, uh, uh, fed hikes. We got that one down. Uh, the day, uh, a sitting U S president was arrested more conjure, uh, DeSantis, no good, very bad week. And they're going to start in on DeSantis cause he's really strong looking and, uh, uh, but they're going to start going after him. Anybody that looks like they could be strong against Biden, the attack dogs will begin. And, uh, then, uh, there was a tragic accident last night in, um, down near Batesville, uh, I think uh, four young young people were killed in a car wreck. I think they were all somehow related, um, but it was uh, just awful. That I think it was uh, just one car involved, and uh, they uh, heard about that this morning. Uh, pull this up, but it's. Uh, just I can't, can you imagine losing that many members of uh, of your family, uh, and then uh, and they're all young people, which makes it even even more tragic. I mean, you know, when you go out when you're my age, everybody goes, "Well, he had a good life." But it said, um, uh, "Panola County, Mississippi, a family was left devastated after four children and a young adult, all related, died in a car crash early Tuesday night." Panola County Sheriff Shane Phelps told Fox 13 that the crash happened around 10 p.m. on Curtis Road, just outside of Batesville, Mississippi. Uh, they listed the names of all of them and said the, the, the young adult, 19-year-old, was one that was driving. Uh, said the car carrying all five of them ran into a nearby creek. Uh, and you don't know what happened. I mean, these are young people. A uh, 14-year-old girl who was sitting in the backseat behind the driver did survive the crash, according to the sheriff. 
Well, said the girl climbed out of the vehicle on top of the vehicle and jumped in the creek before making her way to the bank and then came to Curtis Road. The girl waved down a passerby who called 911. Uh, hero, brave, I can't imagine what she went through and what she's going through now. My heart is uh, with that family, Phelps said of the 14-year-old girl's actions. Phelps said the cause of the crash is still under investigation, but early reports suggest that the car was headed west on Curtis Road when it ran off the right side of the road hit a bridge before running into the creek. Uh, we're asking for prayers for everybody, and certainly we were sending those. It's, uh, you know, it's many years as I've covered news and seen everything that can happen to people, it still is always uh, it fills you with just great sadness to see it happen uh, to young people that uh, have every reason to be looking forward to a long life and do all the things that we all got to do, and then in a flash, it's over. So... Do send your prayers to those folks in that family in Batesville. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. And welcome back on this Wednesday afternoon. It is kind of starting to feel like spring. It's uh, getting a little warmer out there. I think on the way in, it was like 68 degrees uh, and uh, periodic sunshine, uh, I like periodic. I like all the time better, but uh, you got to take what you can get. Uh, ran into uh, an old friend of mine today. Uh, I hadn't seen him in some time. He's been retired for a while, uh, attorney Ray Jamison. And uh, he, uh, I've known him just forever. When I first moved to Memphis, he would have this spring party. He had some land out on way out in the country, which is now Hacks Cross Road, which is <laughs> Not exactly way out of the country then, but at the time, there was nothing out there. I mean, it was farmland, and he had uh, probably maybe 150 acres. And for every year, for, I don't know, four or five years, he would have these uh, rites of spring party out there. And everybody that hung out at Bombay Bicycle Club and Fridays would go head out to to his farm on a, I can't remember, it was a Saturday or Sunday afternoon, and uh, they would have... Uh, Cow chip throwing contest. <laughs> I've forgotten all about that. Which is when you take cow patties, you throw it like a frisbee and see how you can throw it uh, the furthest. You don't use the new ones. You use the ones that have been dehydrated. Uh, then we would have skeet shooting with pumpkins. Uh, and you have music out there. Sometimes actually use some live music. And it was just a sunny afternoon. It was a probably the first nice day we would have in the springtime. And, uh, I said it was a long time ago, and uh, he has since retired. He did. Uh, in fact, I'd been talking to him about it coming on the show because I don't know, I guess about six or seven years ago, he started building a a bourbon plant in Kentucky. He wanted to uh, have his own bourbon, and so he built it. And I was on a summer day, I said, so how did you get it finished? And he said, yeah, I got it finished, and we were cranking it out on how many, 30,000 cases a year. I don't know how many barrels that was, but... He did so well that uh, another distillery bought him. <laughs> so he said, and I didn't have to pay off anybody because I used all my own money to build it. So he said uh, that that turned out very well. Uh, as everybody that uh, is into that kind of thing knows, bourbons are really big now. You go to bars and it's like that's one of the big things that people claiming to have the biggest bourbon selection there, and, and um, they're drinking it like they do wine as opposed to, you know. Say, Give me a bourbon and Coke, a squeeze of lime. <laughs> Actually putting it just on ice or drinking it just chilled 
like you would wine because the bourbons, they've double-barreled them, which means they've distilled them twice and then barreled them and, and stored them and uh, and to get that rich uh, caramel color. And uh, it's, uh, it's a big business. Uh, but I'm not talking about what I have to come on and just talk about that because uh, not, there's so many people you know that invest in things they've never done before. And next day you see them out on the street uh, panhandling because it didn't turn out. And believe me, it's uh, any kind of adventure is a, is an adventure. And uh, people always want to talk about the, the people that make it big on Shark Tank. And then uh, and then they don't ever want to talk about the ones that did make it big on Shark Tank that got on there and they told them, uh, I think we're going to pass on that one. And uh, But I, I still think it's an interesting show because I think entrepreneurs are, are very interesting people. What they come up with, how they market it, uh, how they present it, um, and, uh, you know, what it can actually do versus what they say it can do. Because it's really interesting. All those people on that show uh, are really good at questioning people and saying, you know, being very direct. Because you're talking about, you want me to put money in this. I got some questions I'd like to ask. And I think if we all ask those same kind of questions of any investment we're thinking about making, I think we'd all be better off. We're going to have uh, here at the top of the hour, uh, we're going to have Paul Shanklin and Gary Hefner in who are both are certified financial planners and uh, talk something about that because I don't know. I know what they do is they have you invest in things that are almost sure things, you know, um, uh, blue ribbon stocks, uh, things that just don't go down. If they do, it's very marginal. I was talking to somebody today. It's in the broadcast business and he's, we were talking about stocks. He said, yeah, buy some of my station stocks. Stocks. It's now seven cents a share, <laughs> seven cents. Woo. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. And thank you very much and welcome back on this Wednesday. We're being joined in studio by Paul Shanklin. I just mentioned him. Uh, Gary's on his way, but we figured we'd go ahead and rush Paul into the studio because he's, he, had, he's, he had donuts with him. He's probably de- <laughs> he's probably dealing with client calls at this point. <laughs> well, uh, Paul came in. We were just talking about the uh, rate increase of a quarter point, and um, the, I heard that while the Fed was raising the rate, the stock market was going down. Well, it's when he started talking. Yes, when he started when he came and, out there, and it uh, yeah, and started talking about what he expected, and it's it's. And Gary, if he was here, would agree with me. But he's, he's, this is the long haul. He's not. They're not talking about cutting rates anytime soon. And they're they want inflation to cool. It's about he keeps going back to it's all about inflation. He feels like the economy's doing great. I don't know if I believe that one. Uh, great enough. And there there's uh, jobs. You know, are still uh, plentiful, and he sees no reason to slow things down. And they keep, uh, they're going to, they raise rates and they're going to keep them uh, up for a while. The thing I saw, or that I read, said that the, uh, that they indicated, the Powell indicated, this may be close to the end of the raises. And I said, where's that indication? It's not in his verbiage. He didn't say that. Did he wink at somebody? He yeah, he, he 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 seemed to say, of course, and then here we are basing everything on what the Fed 
says. I mean, look around you. I mean, things are tightening up. The banks have had some difficulty, and uh, some of them, because their asset levels were, well, they, was, they were crazy. I mean, that uh, SVB was just uh, weird. But that was mismanagement. It, it was, was mis- a, total mismanagement. But it, any more mismanagement, we're going to be smelling it out pretty soon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's and, it's, and, it's all coming, I think. And the thing about that, from what I understand, is it was just crammed full of friends of the Democratic Party. Same and, thing with uh, with Signature. Yeah, because that was Barney Frank. Oh, I didn't do anything. I was, uh, I was um, just just sign your name, and we'll give you money. <laughs> so he, he was the guy that stored a Mercedes Benz in the Senate parking lot for like fifteen years. They just threw a tarp over it. He never paid a dime. Then finally, when he retired, uh, they, he sent a truck to come get his car. I believe it. But I mean, it, it just to, to them, it doesn't. It's all on the, the the fix is in on everything. Well, yeah, I mean, well, that he was their connection to the Democrats. I'm sure that's how he, they didn't just, that's why I put, you know, Al Gore on uh, Apple, Apple board years ago. It had nothing to do with his tech, you know, technical expertise. It was, well, it was connection. They want connection to Washington. If we have, if we just know the right people in Washington and they're, you know, uh, the crypto boy who, uh, ran off with all the money, thought that he, he was covered by having enough connections with Washington, but he'd, he'd. He he threw a lot of money at him. Well, he so, he paid for it. Yeah, and he's and uh, so did all of the people he talked into um, investing in his little idea. And that's not over. And 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 are they getting are they getting bailed out? No, no, they're going to lose a lot of money. And and so now the, 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 the Democrats are saying, oh no, we we were giving him. Some of them are giving back the money, and others are just saying we took it in good conscience and we're not giving anything back. Yeah. But the investors won't be made whole in that. No. Um, uh, the, the crypto is, you know, Gary and I've talked to, as being the beanie baby of uh, investments. Uh, pet it's rock. A, yeah, it's the pet rock investment. It's like the it's the it's the thing that everybody has to have, but nobody knows why. See, to me, even the name sounded suspicious. Crypto. Crypto. We're going to bury your money. I, I kept thinking. It's going to be a very scary story. I kept thinking of an image of the tombstone mummy coming out with a little box of coins. I'll buy some crypto. It's going to take all and your the, money and bury it and, deep, and, six feet deep. That's where your wallet's going to be. And then people would explain it to me. They said, okay, explain this crypto. To well, me. the thing is, you give us money, and then we give you this crypto money. And it's just like money, but it's not money. And it goes up and down, but we don't know how much it go up and down, but it always goes back up. And sometimes it goes down, but it always goes back up. That's how, that's the short speech that we got at the FPA here in Memphis. A guy came in and was selling this uh, um, ETF, Exchange Traded Fund of Crypto stuff. Well, see, it's this, and that was it. It was just like, well, it's like money, but it's not money. And you give it to him and it's in a blockchain and, and a chain and, and, we can, you know, and then, you know, but it goes down, but, but it always goes back up. And we're going, where have we heard this before? Dot com, dot com, everything dot com. And that's well, it's just, that. It's another weird thing. Another weird thing about the Bitcoin thing was the guy who created it. Nobody knows who, who it is. Who no. it is. Yeah. <laughs> and he owns the most amount out of anybody. Yeah. Well, you better sell quick. I about to say, he's, <laughs> if, he's, if he's smart, he's, he's, he's already uh, out. He's already out. Yeah, he'll be like the friend of mine in the radio business that his stock is now at seven cents a share. Well, it's, the thing is with crypto is that okay, they can't make any more of it. It's they're saying well, it, it could be it could be a stable currency. Great, governments aren't interested in in 
in an entirely stable currency, like the federal government wants a little bit of inflation. They don't want a lot, but they always want a little bit of inflation because they're paying back other people with money and they want that money to be worth more than it was when they borrowed it. Right. So, or worth less. Uh, they paint it back with cheaper dollars. That's true. Confederate money. Which always, that's what I love talking to bankers. They, well, see, you want to buy low, sell high. <laughs> Unless you want to sell short. Right. In which case, you make money on losing money. And on I'm going, other people losing. Yes, said, yeah, that's true. So this is just nothing more than a betting den. You bet it's yeah, going to go know, up. Well, no. Well, no, I wouldn't say I'm a gambler. Uh, but, yeah, there's there's times when, well, selling short. And the funny thing is with, with options is it's time-related. Okay, if I buy long, meaning I just buy stock to keep for a long period of time, think right. of it that way. If I buy long, there's no time limit. I can give it to my kids. It's still worth something as it goes down the line. If you sell short on an options contract, on an options contract, you, you it's for January or it's for it's June. A, well, finite, I'm right? It's a time. finite period of time. So you're not only making a bet; you're making a bet for it to happen within a certain period of time. Which options? That's the great way to lose money. Um, if you don't know what you're doing, and if you do know what you're doing, it's also a great way to lose money. So just, I've never done. I've never. I've never touched options. The for the average person, because I, I was talking to somebody yesterday. So the average credit card right now is uh, interest rates around twenty percent. Right, and so that's huge, and how much it's cutting into you your daily expenses. Well, and it's the largest right now. It's the I think the largest amount that's ever been out on credit cards. Yeah, at, ever. Yeah, ever, which, ever, 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 ever. That means more people have money on credit cards right. now than the And the credit card the companies world. have freely lent to them. And there's also this other thing. And uh, I'm not, you know, I, I don't I don't borrow a lot of money, so I don't know what it actually is. But like I was looking at a printer the other day, and they said, oh, for four easy payments, you can pay it all now for this printer. Or you can pay it in four easy payments. We'll loan you the money. And how many of those crazy yeah. loans are out there? What would they? What are they going to do if I don't pay the money back? They're going to come. They're going to come, re, they're gonna come <laughs> repo a printer no. or an umbrella. I mean, they're going to send you a lot of nasty letters. But they'll, they'll loan you money to buy all kinds of things, like something that's only worth a hundred dollars, and they're going to loan you money for a very short period of time. But it's like, why do I want to get a loan to you know? And and but people who would want to do that, if they lard it up on it, they're going to leave. Somebody's going to be holding the bag on these consumer loans. And it's going to be, or lending tree, or whoever else it is that's that's saying, uh, yeah, well, people have always paid them in the past. Their past is a very limited period of time. Yeah. Not the, if you go back to any time there's been a really bad recession, people don't pay those things back and they go bankrupt and somebody's left holding the bag. And well, it won't be dollar store because I understand they stopped selling eggs because eggs are no longer a dollar. Well, they are. <laughs> They're a dollar each now. Yeah, a dollar <laughs> each. Well, and uh, Gibson's, I mean, it's, uh, we were invested in that today. And and thank you for that. I had, uh, what was it, mine, the lemon drop? Yeah. It's a, it looked like a hush puppy, but it yeah. tasted like lemon inside. You were expecting something completely yeah. different. No, well, I knew. A hush puppy with sugar had, on it. This I've is going to be great. I've had it there before. So, I mean, I, my, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, my favorite thing there that I always get when we go do live shots there at the donut shop was uh, the bear claw. Oh, yeah. Bear claws. Texas like, size. It's almost like eating a steak. You, know, <laughs> you get a buzz out of this one. <laughs> a really you sweet sugar. Yeah, that's right. Instead of the snooze alert. Uh, yeah, that's right. I ate the whole steak. And <laughs> out for seven hours. Hey, don't drive the van now. <laughs> you can't yeah. get behind the wheel right now. No, I had, yeah, I had, I had three. I mean, that's, uh, 
It's my limit. It's my limit. Uh, I'm trying the new donut diet. But uh, did you notice that have the prices gone up at the donut shop? Because certainly sugar has well, gone we, up. Well, we wow. got. I don't know about that because I usually get like one or two, and that's just like. But we got a whole dozen. It's like twelve bucks with a see, with a thing of milk. And I was like, well, I should buy a dozen every time I walk in. You get the dozen discount. That's right. It's, whenever I would walk in, Don Dewey should be there, and and I get the if I could you get catch, the friend of Don discount. Yeah. No, he would throw them at throw donuts at me as I walk in the door. I mean, it's almost like those Peter Seller movies where his butler would attack him every time right. he came into the place, and he'd have to fight him off. With me, it's a, a barrage of donuts just coming at me as fast as he can throw them. And every one I could catch, I could eat and keep, you know. So uh, I got to where I'm catching with both hands. How many did you pick up? Stuffing them in my shirt. <laughs> I dropped a couple. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Ten-second rules. I heard Dad, if he's hanging out down there, we'll just go behind the counter. You all want a donut? And go get us donuts. Uh, he hangs out there quite a bit. Well, you got to be a regular. you got to be a regular. And don't, he's a regular, regular. And don't touch the ones you're not taking. <laughs> right, yeah. No, no. All right, we got Paul Shanklin in studio with his bodyguard. He never goes anywhere without the bodyguard. I don't blame him. No. Uh, We'll be right back. And welcome back on this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Paul Shanklin is in studio with us, and we've now been uh, joined by Gary Kefner, who's also a certified, what did I say, something wrong? Kiefner. Uh, it could be Kefner. Kefner. You can go either Kef- way. Kefner. Kefner. Is it Kefner? You have to ask. Yes, By any other name, he's a certified... Uh, Gary Lee. Uh, Gary Lee. Gary Lee. Financial planner. And that's all you really need to know is uh, where do I write the check to? Exactly. And uh, But we were talking just about the, the, the Fed increase today and the fact that it's gone up a quarter point. And the stock market went down. What did it end up closing at the Dow? Well, I don't know. It closed it's down, down 500. 500. 500. 530. Five, a little over 500. And uh, so, but the question that there's so many people that if they have stocks or in 401ks, so they really don't monitor it on a daily basis. In fact, well, you guys tell them not I to. Bet they do now. Yeah. Well, if you want to, if you want to get depressed, you do. But what what what's advice do you give people? Because we were talking at the break. The last time this happened with the banks, uh, was it what oh eight? Was that? And the what what caused the biggest problem was panic. People started panicking, thinking, "Okay, this is the end, and I, we better get my money and and start buying three months supply of uh, that." Um, that toilet paper. Well, toilet paper. Yeah, don't, start, don't start it. We're on the radio. <laughs> don't start this again. I was gonna, I was going to pick up some uh, TP on the way home. I hope. Uh, me I heard there's going to be a shortage. <laughs> Let's all go buy it out. But there isn't a shortage, but it, it, it's what happens when people do start getting worried. I mean, and quite frankly, the Silicon Valley Bank, they had a reason to worry. I mean, they were going up there trying to cash a check. They said, we're a little short today. Yeah. Can you get back to it? Yeah, when there's a lock on the door, it's a, it's a bad sign. And uh, so what, what do you guys tell your clients right now? Well, most of the time, the question is, am I FDIC insured? That's always the first question. And everybody is under 250, right? Under 250. Um, but there's kind of an exception to that. A lot of banks, they reinsure anything above that. I had had breakfast with a banker friend of mine yesterday, and they said that, you know, they're, they're bringing in big depositors, over 250000 and they have insurance on top of the FDIC to help cover. Can't they even open up another account? So there's two different accounts. Yes, so there's different each, ways to do that. Yeah, Each account entity is insured up to 250000 
Uh, well, that that's what the, the legal description. Right now, it's well, Janet's going to cover everybody. Oh, that right. Yeah, yeah that's what. So, uh, and Janet was just going to cover the large banks until the small banks said all our money's leaving. <laughs> oh, that. Well, I guess I'll go and do something oh, about you, that too. We had to get it from somewhere. I mean, where did they think it was going to come from? I guess they were just going to print it. Well, there's well, it's too. they actually don't have to print anymore. It's sitting there in the account. There's twenty two trillion dollars in liquid assets throughout the economy through the through the banking system. So, uh, the money is there. It's just what what we're talking theirs. about. It's <laughs> not at the location where everybody's running to get in line. Because people so, actually still think that it's like on It's a Wonderful Life that the bank, if, if there's you know ten million deposits, there's ten million bucks at the bank. Oh, well, it's not here. It's in your house. And Larry, it's in your house. And it's in Mary's toilet. But can and, I can I get my $50 check cash? Yeah. Not today. <laughs> Go to the bank down the street. To, exactly. And, and there was a bank here recently, a, a local bank, that uh, people were sending me messages saying they're closed. And, and they said uh, that uh, they don't have any money at this branch. Go to another branch. Uh, I don't know what happened, but uh, they're up and running now, or they were. I think it was a computer glitch or something. That, it, but that's well, a bad thing too. So yeah, right. <laughs> and, we had a small glitch last night, and so is it. Uh, so we, we were saying, tell them not to panic. You're insured two hundred fifty thousand. What else do they can they do? I mean, you're sitting there looking at if you've got credit cards and they're up around twenty percent. I know that yeah. uh, Southern Security, they can't charge because it's a credit. You can't charge more than 18% on a credit card. So wouldn't you be better off going to someplace like that, getting a credit card, consolidating your debt, and put it on that card? Well, I mean, if you're if you're playing the, the, the where-to-put-my-debt game, yes, you well, shop that, for the biggest Most rate. of us are, Gary. Well, <laughs> and I say that because it, it, it that can become a, a – a chase in the tail. Yes. Too. Yeah. Yes. So, so getting the debt down would world. be better. Would be in much a better. perfect world, which we don't live in, you've got an emergency fund. All right. I'll put my money personality hat on without saying their name, but uh, you've got an emergency fund. And, and so, there, therefore, that money should be yeah. there. We'll talk about that emergency fund when we, fund when we come back. Stay with us. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back on this Wednesday afternoon. We got Paul Shanklin in, Gary Key Kiefer. That's good. Kefner. That's good. Kiefner. 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 Kiefer. Kiefer. Once I enter into this into this land of a mispronounced last name, I never <laughs> escape it. <laughs> it goes on for years. I remember, remember my little producer. Uh, um, I never could remember her name. Yeah, that, that, oh, what's I'm, her I'm name? back. Oh, what's her name? Yeah, that's. Uh, was it? It wasn't Stephanie. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, oh, gosh, I just I, Claire. Claire? Uh, no, she she was for a while. Claire. After the other one left, uh, 
but I'll think of her name here in a second. Uh, I know the feeling. Stevens. Jessica. Jessica Stevens. Thank you. Yeah. The bodyguard. Also the brains of the outfit. Let me <laughs> <see>. <laughs> she, she knows who my clients are. Yeah, Jessica. What is uh, their name? What is their name? For months I would look at her and I'd just go, hey, <laughs> you know the, uh, uh, in the. She said, you're trying to think of my name, aren't you? <laughs> How could you tell? Is that blank look on your face? <laughs> so it's Gary Kiefner. That's it. Okay. Yeah. We got it right Very German. And he's Gally. a certified financial planner. Very Mississippi, Gary. Yes, sir. And uh, we were talking about uh, what do you do in the situation right now? Don't panic. And that's. You, know, you, don't, you don't panic. You keep doing what you do. Right. And I think that's what I tell everybody. And no matter what the situation is, where what kind of disasters befall your family you still get up tomorrow you go to work you go to the store you get the stuff you need uh, and you go home and you make dinner and you get up the next day and you do it again uh that's what makes the world go around right it's and, not it's not and the crime and we've not been the, through the, the crazy we, politics. we went through the pandemic this is not going to be like that no. this is not going to be anything like that it's, it's actually almost the complete opposite yeah because the pandemic people weren't working no right and, and those who were were working from home so there wasn't any movement right now unemployment's at a 55 year low uh people it, are going where they're paying more for stuff no. eggs bacon uh donuts um it's, well, but, but, I, but I, everybody's I was, working it's yeah, still it, a bargain they're also there's the shrinkage thing going on uh like if you go to get a hamburger someplace the hamburgers aren't as big as they used to be and a coke cup uh, won't stand up on its own. But why are the buns huge? Diet Coke. The buns, the buns are, are huge now. buns are huge because wheat costs less than Here's, The new Diet Coke has uh, 7.5 fluid ounces. Right? Yeah. And and then last night I got a pizza someplace. I ordered a large pizza to get home. It's a medium pizza, but they charge it the same price. So they didn't go up on their prices. And I said, well, you know what, though? This way we all get just one piece and a part of another piece of pizza for dinner. We're, we could. This could be a good thing. We could lose weight just because of them cutting back on portions. Because uh, now you know what it's like to be European. Well, that's <laughs> that is what happened. All the food's expensive, it's and there's so not expensive. much of it. Yeah, and there's they, they don't have refrigerators like we do. They got those little like office refrigerators, right? And they buy for that day only, and maybe some stuff for breakfast the next morning. Uh, and but everybody walks. They got no cars, right? And, and they drink a lot of wine because they're depressed about their lives. They drink a lot of wine. In fact, there you go. Wine is, is the prices they would have making car payments with is how much they spend on wine. <laughs> Twelve thousand a month, not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> it, and that's Italy, why they talk like that in France. <laughs> Italy, was the, <laughs> Italy was the first place I ever saw wine for breakfast. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, the kind they of don't have any cantaloupe and, and, yeah. and wine <laughs> and cheese. I know in, in Mexico they would have uh, drinks at lunch and dinner, uh, and that's why they do siesta in Mexico. You right. Know, after you have a couple of pops at lunch, you know. <laughs> you don't want to <laughs> weld in a pipeline together. <laughs> Go take a nap. Yeah, you know, no surgery after lunch, thank you very much. Uh, and then uh, even in school, we would come home from school and take a two-hour siesta, and what? Uh, and then we would uh, the we had this cab driver that was our kind of our driver. Which is a pretty good deal. I wish we had him back. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he would wash and polish his car every single day. That was, and it was. I remember it was Forest Green Chevrolet. And I saw an antique one at this place in Germantown or uh, Collierville the other day, and I stuck my head in and smelled exactly like that taxi. <laughs> Not a bad thing. No, how much? Just, just that, 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 that old that, car smell. That good. 
that uh, what do they call the vinyl smell, but that that original vinyl smell, not yeah. the not the not the the kind now that that doesn't, yeah. doesn't have it, all that gassing off. This is the kind well, that it was keeps mater- on smelling. Well, it was actually the material part. that was in the seat covers, and then the headliner was actually fabric, right? Uh, in those old cars. Which after they got a few miles of them, they they start waving. You know, <laughs> it looked like the ocean on the ceiling. <laughs> well, the kids picking at it didn't help. No. I'm sure. What's this thread for? Hi. Uh, but as, as we were talking though, I still see people buying cars. I mean, cars now are eighty grand. Right. I mean, even a little compact is like forty, thirty-five, forty thousand for a car. So is people saying, "I'm just I got to get a car. I'm going to get a car now because it's just going to get worse." I think that. Does happen some? Yeah, I mean, er, people need vehicles to get to work, and they're going to pay whatever the going market rate is in order to keep their job, uh, even if it starts taking a much larger portion of their income. But you add that with the price of eggs, milk, um, soccer, whatever it is that, that you do as a family, um, it all starts shrinking the the cash flow, and that's the reason the the, the credit card debt is 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 steadily growing and, and be even more impactful. And, right? and if people do lose lose their jobs, that that debt's gonna just I mean, there's gonna be a lot of bankruptcies if that happens. But as Gary said, I mean, there's still a strong we we wanted to grow coming out of the pandemic. I mean, they, everybody wanted to go do things. And people we, wanted to spend money. They wanted to live. Growth. I yeah. mean, we're I'm seeing. Look at the construction that's going on in Memphis right now. You go downtown, and it's, they're building parking garages. They're building in Collierville. There's a whole new uh, out there by Schilling Farms. There's a whole new strip yeah. shopping center they're building right there. Still a lot of new homes being being started uh, out in the county, I know for sure. Well, St. Jude's building a, putting a billion dollars in their new project down, downtown. So, so the things are going are continuing, and uh, the all the restaurants I'm talking to are all saying. Uh, as we said, they're they're portioning down somewhat, but the people are still going out and they're paying the price and and they're and they're. Well, we all miss it. I mean, after t- three years of craziness, you know, two and a half years or whatever, it you know you're just sick of it. You just want to go do what you want to go do. We were trying to do that even with COVID. We wanted to go ahead and go to the restaurant. I and, never stopped. We really didn't. I mean, yeah. the restaurants that were open, we'd go to, and other ones I'd go pick up food at, and uh, right. You know, and I, I was going around uh, taking pictures of restaurants and put, well, that's what I was doing when I was doing the show for my home. And I was right. putting pictures of restaurants up all, all over the area saying they're still open. This is what they're doing. And saying if we don't support them, they won't be there. And the same thing holds true A lot of them aren't. And a lot of them aren't now. No, but a lot of them uh, survived it and right. are, are stronger for it. Right. And, and, I, and I hear it all the time from the, the people that own the restaurants. Saying it was our customer base that said we're not going to give up on you, right? And it was uh, I really need to kind of revisit all of them and talk about how is it now that you've made it through? Because for a while they were even scared to talk about it because things were coming back. Cause they were afraid something was going to happen, and and just talking about it would make it go away again, right? But it's um, it there are a lot of things that we have to be very grateful for, uh, and and but it's still. Uh, there are so many tumultuous things going on. Right. Uh, the, the war in the Ukraine. Look at how many billions of our hard-earned tax dollars that are going there. Well, and uh, The hard-earned money we borrowed or printed. printed. Or printed, yeah. Well, so, somebody's going to have to pay for it one day. That's our kids. That's, yeah. the, that's, the, you know, that's the thing. I'm trying to think. It was John Maynard Keene said that inflation was the cruelest tax, and it, it is. I mean, it, it's, the, it's the younger people who don't have any assets who are trying to buy. Of course, their first asset was going to be a home, a young couple. And, uh, and it, 
you know, inflation just gets that out of their reach. Um, you know, they're going to have to be 10 years older to be able to buy their first home. Well, they're living with mom and dad. Yes. That's why we're going <laughs> to might get on. a might get an extra loan from mom and dad if you're living at home. Well, but the thing is, it never hurts to ask Daddy Earl. You go, Daddy to, Earl. You look at the places <laughs> that are out there for, that are for sale, and finding something that's uh, under three hundred thousand. Right, I mean, talk about a two bedroom house. Even if you look at rental properties, I'm just kind of casually look at rental properties to see what they're going for. Two to three thousand dollars for a two or three to four bedroom house. Yeah, and that's rent. You're not even owning it. Right. So it, uh, that is why you have so many people that are finding um, compatible living arrangements. And, and, and for senior citizens, I mean, look what they've got to look at. Yeah, we were, we were actually doing that today uh, for her dad and just trying to figure out how do you make it on Social Security when you're 84 years old. And it's, uh, it's, it's uh, darn near impossible, and uh, there's just not a lot of help out there. Well, uh, you never know. That's what families are for. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, we're we're getting it all together, but it's. I'm just saying that there. If if I think about uh, oldsters, uh, but people that are older than me, not not saying. But, That's a uh, you dwind- know, dwindling I mean, crowd. Yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's getting a dwindling crowd. But somebody who's who doesn't have family, how alone they could be yeah. in a town like this if they just don't have any help at all. Oh, it's and you know we're all here, but uh, but a lot of people are away from their family, and it's. Uh, Really hard for people on Social Security to try to make it. It is. Uh, we've got to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. We'll talk about some of the other events of the day, like who was not arrested today. We'll talk about that when we come back. Bom, bom. And welcome back on a Wednesday afternoon. Gary... Keithner, Paul Shanklin, <laughs> in the house. Uh, and if you want to know what really is uh, about investments, you talk to your financial planners about what kind of cars they drive. That's what we were doing during the break. <laughs> I happen to know that Paul has a pickup truck. Yeah, pickup. A truck. Uh, Cooper, Mini Cooper. Mini yeah. Cooper, and uh, known uh, as Mini the Moocher. Mini the Moocher, but yeah. you look you look very hip driving it. And then you have a Lexus uh, RX. 350, mm-hmm. which is what my wife drives, and that's what Angie drives. Uh, uh, now, Gary is much more the man after my heart. He's got, what, five Camaros? Is that right? He, he's trying yeah. to count. Is that right? I mean, count yes, five. <laughs> so one little Indian, two little Indians. <laughs> yeah, really. But they go back to 1969, and so muscle cars, the classic American muscle car. He's got every other year, I think, since they started making it. Well, I was born in 69, so I, I, the 69 wait a minute, Camaro. Wait a you were born the year I got out of high school. Yeah, I, I didn't say it that way. Though. I said I was born in 69. <laughs> I was six years old. <laughs> so, no, I was, um, I was, yeah, so I'm up there. Yeah, seven, so, so seven, years old, seven years old when you were born. I wanted that one to say this is what my parents' generation had. Uh, oh. Then going to high school, everybody had a, a hot rod, you know. Oh yeah, Camaro. I mean, they, was, they, no, the they wheels were as wide as this desk. Yeah, no, they did because I was driving a red Volkswagen Bug. Was well, were, okay. whether it, when when I was in high school, those were the, the muscle cars were old cars, and right. so everybody, all the guys, you know, had one were fixing up. I had a well, Volkswagen because I inherited it. But you, you are right. When I was uh, in junior high and stuff, guys had like forty four Ford Packards or Packards and old Mercury's and. 
they didn't chop top them like they do in, in California and spend a bunch of money, but they were just old heaps right. that they souped up and they had loud pipes and, and everybody looked like a hood driving around with a ducktail haircut and black jackets. Well, on the farm, we always had a bunch of old Pontiacs and stuff from the 50s and, and early 60s. Yeah, you just park them out there in the grass. Out in the field, leave. yeah, out in the field, yeah. And I mean, it's like, but it was, I mean, they had great, huge engines and oh, yeah. would go, still go fast, but, you know, they were. Uh, but we were driving classic cars on the farm. <laughs> really, yeah, it was classic. strange. Yeah. I mean, it was no, they, they classic were with with okay, yeah. The the were fenders were rusted. The fenders were rusted out and stuff. But I mean, it was. Uh, um, but the thing I like about what you do, Gary, is you actually drive your cars. Yes, and I, because to me uh, that would be the absolute. I, I'd much rather have a car from that era, uh, and it's all fixed up and and driving, than a new car. Uh, number one, you have no chips. Have no sensors whatsoever. You got a red light for your oil, and you got gas gauge and temperature gauge. And if they work, if they work, if yeah. they work, mine doesn't work. Sixty nine. Always when I think it's a half a tank low, oh, it's time to fill up. Well, you just keep it full. Right. Yeah, it starts yeah. surging, and you know it's time to fill. It's up. Starting to feel a little light. You know, I think I better go gas up. Uh, but boy, those cars. I remember a friend of mine, Travis Deering, had a yellow, a butternut yellow. I think it is what they called it. With the band around the nose, the black band around the nose, and you put those Krager mags on there. I think he had a four-speed Hurst shifter and big tires, and he would that car would peel out. I could get a little uh, out of my Volkswagen <laughs> if I really popped the clutch. Oh, I know, revved it up to about eight thousand RPMs. If it would go, it's either blow the motor or pop yeah. the clutch. Yeah, my dad kept saying, or both. Don't don't do that, son. Don't do that. You ain't gonna peel out anyway. <laughs> But is when but people, they were great in the snow. That was that was only good news. Yeah, which rarely happened in West Texas. That's true. Uh, Mud. When, oh, yeah. when you drive around, do people say stuff? Because I always wonder if you had one of those, what people would say to you when you. Everybody wants to know, is it for sale? Really? Yeah. yeah. But if my wife drives it, it's a very nice car. But if, if I'm driving it, is it, it for sale? Is it for sale? I guess they feel like they can't really talk business with the lady because it seems like they're. You know, is it for sale? Could be taken, right? Yeah. Whereas with you, yeah, the answer is always no, right? And then so they go, well, they're not surprised, right? Usually, and, and actually, the line I got now because my wife loves the loves the '69. Um, I'll say well, it is, but my wife won't let me sell it. So, <laughs> which is great because you could have a hobby she hates, you know. That's I mean, right, and then she would be complaining Uh-oh. all the time. But does, do you let her drive it as well? She drives whatever she wants. <laughs> That's what they all do. I say, well, they're going to do it anyhow. You might as well. <laughs> it's your world. I'm just here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, I'm here to here to pump the gas. That ever, seems like what I'm always doing. Have you ever been to uh, Fire and uh, Art and Speed in Collierville? I have not. Ah, I got to take you there. Have you ever been there, Paul? I haven't been there yet. I'd, I'd like I'll to take, go see it. I just want to go smell the vinyl. It, it is this huge warehouse, and they probably have. I don't know, maybe 75 at any given point, cars not unlike yours. They've been restored, owned by people like you, and uh, they have them for a while, and they get something else, and so they want to, uh, and uh, did you pull, pull it up? No, I was pulling up. That's a picture of my motorcycle. I have, oh, yeah. I have one antique BMW. That's a 72. And look at your bodyguard there. Yeah, She's bodyguard. She's a great passenger. Too. She's a great passenger. Yeah. Which always makes your stock go up if you have a good passenger. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but it's called art and uh, and speed. speed because 
uh, cars really are um, an art. I mean, especially American-made cars um, are just, uh, I mean, you look, I was watching an old movie of the day. Here's some of them. Uh, they had uh, all these European cars, although Cooper, the Cooper. Mini Cooper, yeah. It, that's a European car. Right? Yeah, it's a, a British and and I had a originally I had a a, a, a MGB uh, not the midget but the can you say that anymore MGB MGB is it was the standard MG right right and I love that car uh, we're talking cars for a minute we're going to talk about we meant to get there but we didn't who did not get arrested today we'll talk about it right after we get back. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're not having any fun. No, up no, here. no. Uh, Paul Shanklin, let's Gary, talk about serious things. Kiefner is with us. Uh, we were talking about uh, neat old cars, which is one of my favorite things. Uh, in fact, the word "old" pops up in just about everything I talk about. Remember that good old deal. Remember that. Yeah, old I remember that Pontiac with a fender with a, you know. And we had some good old Gibson's donuts here. Uh, they Paul brought in and Angie. And uh, but we wanted to talk a little bit about who was not arrested yesterday or today, and not then yet, I. But they're coming for me. I know they're coming for me any day now. Is it true that you want to be arrested in perp walk with handcuffs? Yes, it was always a dream of mine. <laughs> but Melania was in that dream, so I don't think I don't think that's what I want to have happen. Not really. It uh, it really is kind of amazing though when you when you think about it. It's all we've heard about now for weeks is that he's going to be arrested. I know, and when you look at the law on this, it's like, ah, what law did he break? Well, we don't like him. Okay, that's not really a well, law, and uh, the, I don't in, think that's in illegal. Meantime, they're having the the uh, oversight committee on weaponizing the DOJ and Justice Department and FBI and all that. How much more weaponized can you be to be the, the district attorney in the Western Division of New York State trying to trump up some federal charges and you're, the you're state not allowed level, and you're not allowed and to the statute, statute yeah. of limitations has run out on this particular offense, which was never prosecuted by the Election Commission or the federal government. Well, the Election Commission can't prosecute. They actually well, would who, hand it to the Justice Department, but they recommended to the Justice Department. Uh, what do you think there? Don't touch this. It's yeah. not well. It's not campaign funds. That I guess the worst part is if you if you want to get right down to it, it would be the IRS would be interested because he wrote it off. But he wrote it off as legal fees, and I guess I guess in a way it was. But, well, he paid but, his lawyer. Oh, that money. <laughs> yeah, he paid his lawyer and his lawyer, you know, whatever. But the uh, his lawyer was his fixer. And I think I think it's all. I mean, like this has never happened before in politics. But he, they're trying to embarrass him. Porn star, porn star. I mean, that's the whole. They that's re- the whole message. If, he, they if, really it my, if it was his aunt Emma, they made her shut up because she knew what you know. Did they really think done they when can, he was ten years old? That would not make it. But because you got stormy tassels out there, you know. Well, that's going to be the that's going to be the story. But she she lost a a lawsuit. That he filed against her for libel, and had to pay him three hundred thousand dollars. Right. So I mean, if I, it just it's just bizarre to me. Uh, well, you know, everything with Trump is Trump makes people crazy. I think really you know, we we would talk sometimes. Money makes people crazy. 
It can. Doesn't always. Our clients are wonderful people, but it, <laughs> we do see and have heard of people that are just bonkers with dough. And uh, uh, but it I does think change, Trump. It does, it does change, change people. people. Yeah. It changes people. It changes their world and the people around them. Uh, ask any you know boxer or athlete. But uh, well, look but at John Trump. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that money's. In fact, I just just read an article today on that that was saying that he is, uh, he's not, he's back and he could, could have played, but they said that uh, he's uncomfortable in his return. And I don't know whether he's, he's embarrassed over what happened that people or or the, the tremendous outpouring of emotion for people that support him. Because when you, you don't think you would let down people you don't even know. Right. And I think that's what happened. People want it want so much for him to succeed right and that he you know uh has let them down and he doesn't really know how to to compensate for that uh i think what you just have to understand is that uh uh, people people love this kid right they're they're amazed with his talent they just don't want to seem screw up. Right. I mean, we've, and, and, we've all seen it before. And, and they're all willing. I think most people are willing to, you know, again, we were talking was when I was young and irresponsible. I was young and irresponsible. And and we all know that. And not about me, but we all know that, that, you know, that's part of growing up is is making mistakes and learning from them. And if you're 20, what, 22 years old, you're not you're not grown yet. And, you know, listen to the older players, listen to the coaches, just, you know, and just pick yourself up. And get on with it because people support you. You can you can come back from this. It's not the end of the world. Now this was an article that uh, the gun didn't go off. So if it had gone right. off, it might have been the end of the world. Well, it could have been bad. So yes, sure. But this is Jeff Jeffrey Calkins talking. He said he interviewed him. He said honestly, I asked him how he feels right now. I don't know. I said I feel like there's uh, another thing that's been tough for me. Yesterday, going out with the team early on, I felt kind of uncomfortable. I kind of felt the same way right now. It was an answer that sounded like pure honesty. Morant even looked uncomfortable. He looked like a 23-year-old who had screwed up and was trying to find his way back. He sounded like a young basketball superstar who was still coming to grips with the way he had flipped his own life upside down. It's a lot, man. A lot of people don't know what's going on, not in my shoes right now. With everything that's been going on as a blade, he said, obviously I take responsibility for the decisions I made pretty much hurt me to the core. And I think that's it. I mean, uh, we all talk about Elvis. I mean, he was one of the first superstars. And all this fame and fortune came to him literally overnight. Oh, before that was Lucille Ball. So, I mean, he wasn't. But she was a little older when the fame hit, (laughs) you know. But uh, it's. Bing Crosby. I mean. Down the shore. But it was was never to the degree Elvis was. No, no. Frank Sinatra. But even Frank never saw the, the. reaction that Elvis got everywhere once he became famous and uh it it was like uh, he told um, a number of people I've heard over the years say that he was tired and they said well take a vacation he goes you don't understand I'm tired of being Elvis he can't I can't I can't go walk into a a house if somebody without all my people and the capes and the kings and and the rings because people expect it and if I don't show up like that then where's the Elvis that we know Right. And I think that's kind of the way you get to be when you're a basketball star. Well, and they got a lot of people around them telling them what, you know, that they're wonderful no matter what they do. And, uh, and, and, uh, you know, hanging and, out, hanging on and messing up their life. Well, see, and, he, and here's the other thing with as much finesse and talent as he has as a basketball player, he's still a 22 year old kid. Yeah. 
or is he even that old? He's, he's a young person, and he's got Youngster. this incredible talent, but that doesn't mean he's mastered his life. Yeah, the rest of it is and, still uh, growing. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, what is it, 26, 27, when your brain stops developing? I'll let, you, I'll let you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my sister told me this the other day. we got kids the same age, and so she said, well, I keep telling myself as they're making these decisions that they've got four more years. Four more years where their yeah. brain is fully developed. Well, and what my contention is that we basically never change from the age we were about 12. The brain we have at 12, our likes or dislikes, uh, our temperament is about the same and will be that way only worse as you get older. And uh, I think that's true. I'm glad Angie's out of the room. And, she, and she's not listening downstairs <laughs> <Yeah>. either. <laughs> Oh man! But uh, it is. We wish nothing but the best for him and and for Trump. You know, I mean, this is. I can't imagine being Trump. I mean, you. This is a guy that people either love or they absolute detest. But I love people to detest, so it's okay. I don't. I don't mind. But he must be able to compartmentalize it because you know, if you were to go someplace, you don't know whether a room full of people are going to boo you when you walk in. Or are they going to cheer for you? I think he's kind of like a studio wrestler. It doesn't matter to him. As long as they're cheering. <laughs> as long as they're doing something. <laughs> Hence he the perp walk up. Yeah, the, It'll be arrested tomorrow. Yes, I'll be well, arrested tomorrow. I, I did hear On this. serious charges. Very, very serious charges. I did hear this uh, today. Earl was my accomplice. Uh, I was busy that night. <laughs> Whatever night that was. Earl was my accomplice. In fact, you can. Uh, I will testify this. I'm in bed by 8, 8.30 every night <laughs> for years now. Uh, that he is a, able to uh, mesmerize a room of 20 people, a uh, small venue like a, 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 you know, a church audience, something that was Orpheum-sized audience. Or a football stadium with 300,000 people in it. Bill Clinton had the same ability. And Obama to some degree, but Bill yeah. Clinton could walk into a room and everybody at the time. I had a friend that was working with the governor of Tennessee at the time, and he said they met with him you know, one-on-one, and he was the body man for the governor, for Governor Sunquist. And he said when, when Bill Clinton left, he goes, I think I like him. This is awful. <laughs> I even heard Rush Limbaugh say that yeah. he, he met him once, yeah. and he said he was, I think he was even hustling my date, and yeah. he said, and I liked him. And he liked him. <laughs> he liked him. He just, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a personal charisma, yeah. and, and I think the people that Sociopath hate him. Sociopath is what we usually call it. Yeah. I think the people that do hate Trump, they hate him because he's not on their side, you know? Oh, if he was on the side of the left, he'd, oh. be, he'd be, you know, And great. he was at one time. Oh, he was yeah. a Democrat. He was just kind of, he was being so a who is man in New York. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. That's well. That's all good politicians, you know. Right. You know, uh, Winston Churchill switched sides like twice. He was a conservative, went to the Liberal Party, then went back to the Conservative Party I before just, the end of his life. I mean, it's yeah. like he's a, it, it's. I just done. want to be a winner. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll, we'll be right back. And welcome back on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. We've been chatting with Paul Shanklin, Gary Kiefner, and uh, talked about uh, financial things early on, but we moved past those because it was depressing. Uh, and that's what they do for a living. It was, yeah, it was just the market falling they, out of bed, about uh, 530 points, about uh, 1.68%. It's just 1.68%. Yeah. So we thought we'd all get together here and celebrate. Yeah, and, uh, do that by 365 days a year. <laughs> but, but, but the gist of that conversation that was, 
is that uh, just hang in there. This is, you know, this is, it's the market and it's going to do this. And it, and has, people and it, were and it needs a, to do this. It, it, it needs to do and this. And they said that it, we needed an adjustment in the market and have had for some time. And I was just wondering how it was going to happen and when it was going to happen. But it was going to happen. It was going to happen. So um, I think, and you'd mentioned this last week, Paul, that people that are really, you know, have reason to be concerned right now, if you were planning on retiring this month and next month or this summer, you know, you might not want to go ahead with that until things uh, lighten up a little bit. Right. Well, it just, you know, don't, don't. I don't like to be Pollyannish. I, I try to, if anything. Uh, Angie's ever been Pollyannish? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I'm not an optimist by nature. So I'm, I'm a. That makes me a but really good planner. A but that makes me a very good. I'm not necessarily You're a cautious. pessimist. You're I'm cautious. a realist. Yeah. In other words, when the market's up, I'm thinking, well, that's great. Okay, when is it going to fall back? And and when do I buy? When do I when do I sell what I have? Maybe buy back in at some other later point. But. Uh, We've had such an up market for such a long time, and the low interest rates were really feeding that. And a lot of money was coming in. People that shouldn't be in the market were getting into the market because they couldn't get anything at the bank. You know, remember when banks were paying like point nothing. Oh, 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 0.003%. Yeah. Wow, mean, you had that high? Yeah. <laughs> Scorcher. And, wow. and, and people were... Tr- People eighty something years old were going. Well, honey, I got need. Can you give me something in the market? I said, Yeah, I can get you a lot of risk. How much risk are you willing to buy? <laughs> yeah, there's a whole generation, literally 10, 15 year generation of, of of older clientele that that lost out on having a solid interest rate five six percent. Nothing like the late seventies and early eighties, but just that that, that core that you CD. can make money off of your investments. Right. Well, just a CD. It was guaranteed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just something that was guaranteed and and they could count on. Yeah. And and to get those kind of rates, they were having to take on a lot of risk, and and some advisors, you know, may or may not have told them how much risk they were taking on because, you know, they that's what they the wanted. Yield. That's what yeah. they wanted the yield. And so you know, uh, we had during uh, uh, COVID, you know, had. Bond yields, uh, you know, short money was going less than one percent, and then, you know, ten-year bonds were one five, right. and and you're like, and people wanted that, you know, they had a bank out there, the SVB, who bought a lot of long bonds, you know, to get a half a percent of yield, and and bought the farm because of it, because that's never they're never going to get their money back anyways, but uh, um, just uh, just a mess. Well, it's everybody wanted the money. I mean, the, bond, right. the bonds are still there. They're still going to get their face value back, but it's just a yeah, year, six not months worth, down the road. But they're, but they're not worth, you know. Right. You don't 20, want to sell it now, which yeah, is what yeah. they're having to do. They're having which to is sell what, it. Yeah, which is what uh, the, loss. the uh, bank in California had to do. The, right. They had bought all this stuff and extended it out there, and all of a sudden it's time to get cash in, and it wasn't worth what they paid for. It. No, no. And, and, and now everybody, and as soon as everybody knew there was a problem, it's like just beating the door down to get their money out. I think. Ninety something percent of their accounts, it's like ninety eight percent of their accounts were two hundred thousand more, two hundred fifty thousand and more. Yeah. So, um, so will those they banks, all were beating on the door? Will that bank, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, will it survive this? I mean, they're open today. They're they're open, but they're under the protection of the Federal Reserve and the bank. Same thing with New Jersey as well. Um, I hadn't seen the New Jersey exactly which one that is. That's our well, signature, Bar- signature, signature, signature. I'm not sure they. I think they took control of it. Yeah, That's what they, I they strictly because of the crypto and and Barney was like, I don't understand why they took it. I mean, <laughs> we had some crypto, but we didn't think it was a real problem. There's nothing wrong with crypto. <laughs> Spell it. <laughs> 
Um, can't spell quip without the lisp. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> spell it without the lisp. Uh, um, but I guess the, the thing to all the banks here in Memphis are cool, right? Near as we know. I mean, we have Let's heard start anything. the rumor here. Yeah, the, yeah, only, yeah. the only folks that truly know are the the, the bank people who run the bank. The, yeah. run the and banks. the Federal Reserve is going to know because they're running. Not, they but know. they were supposed to be uh, overseeing the bank in California, well, the bank in one, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Well, they had they had one of the F, uh, uh, Federal Reserve. Board members was on their board yeah. or something, I think. Well, yeah, they didn't even have or something, but they, they were, didn't even have a compliance officer for the risk, last risk year officer. or so. They had no compliance officer. I can't go without a compliance officer. I thought that the We're SEC mandate that any financial institution have somebody well, that it was, is it was a risk officer. officer. They didn't have anybody for eight months and the the head of the company was serving as the head of the risks, you know, thing because nobody wanted the job. Obviously, all they had to do is look at the I books. I could have looked at it. <laughs> I could have looked at it and said, "Absolutely not." <laughs> you people are headed for the cliff. Come on, Bob, yeah. take take the take the bait. We'll give you a big bonus. We'll the be day a big we'll, bonus <laughs> day before we hit the wall. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll divvy it up. Your name will go down in history. Paul, Gary, thank you for coming in. I always uh, appreciate your input. Uh, and we'll have you back uh, next week when things start to skyrocket again. Oh, yeah. Any day now. Any day now. Buy a Camaro. Could I be am. any other day than now. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow.